When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Like, subscribe, and share, and be sure and go to Owl's Nest Barbecue for all your barbecue needs. Owl's Nest Barbecue has the rubs, has the sauces. It is absolutely fantastic. And don't forget about the Green Mountain Grill. Like and subscribe, please share. And also Steve Ray's Midnight Oil right next door. They will take care of you with fair service. A proud Michelin distributor. Chris Howen Creation. Did that game end up close? Tennessee does beat Florida, but a Hail Mary could have broken a lot of hearts in Knoxville. How did it get close? When in the second half did you say to yourself that, uh-oh, this could turn into somewhat of a game? Well, you know, offensively, when they were not able to get a couple of first downs, which could have kind of put the game away, we talk about that. How do you finish? You get a lead, you take over. And, and, and you know, we've kind of looked at this game and say Florida had a really good game plan. They limited Tennessee's offense early from being on the field, and Tennessee turned the football over. And, you know, it just it was a kind of a slow start. But once Tennessee got their rhythm on offense, it was over, except till it wasn't. And then what what happens when it's not? Well, you got to play clean in the kicking game. You got to play clean on offense and defense. And I don't think they did a good job in either three aspects, uh, facets of the game. Offensively, they couldn't finish drives with a couple of first downs. That's all you need at that point. They weren't able to do it. Defensively, they were saying, well, okay, after playing and not allowing a rhythm of Florida's offense to get into play, they played in a lot of soft and off coverage and they allowed Florida's guys to get wide open. So you gave Florida's offense and Anthony Richardson, a lot of opportunities to have success. I mean, they were just pitch and catch day. You could have thrown it from your couch and get some of those guys. They were wide open. And so it just builds a little momentum. And all of a sudden you're in a position, you can make a play and then you're in a game. And so I think it's just, it's those things all together that lead to it. I, I call it being, unclean, um, you know, not being able to finish, put teams away. But that is a byproduct, byproduct consistently of what I call finesse teams or offensive teams like Tennessee. 
they don't line up. They can't line up physically, just control the game on offense. They they want to move it, score it. You've got to be able to do some of that. And then defensively, because they don't practice against a team that's real physical, defensively they have a hard time with teams. And so I think they get a little bit concerned. We're not going to give up the big play. We're not going to get beat deep. So we're going to play a little soft and off. But then, you know, there's enough time to where you can – a chunk play here, a chunk play there. Then, you know, I think that they did a good job defensively of containing Anthony Richardson. But at times, you got to mix things up a little bit. you got to mix up your pressures. you gotta, you got to prevent him from getting comfortable in the passing game. Because, look, even if you're not a really good passer, it's not very difficult for throwing the football against soft coverage, which I thought Tennessee didn't do a very good job. I thought the coverage – aspect of this game by Tennessee was poor, really poor. And if they're playing a team um, that can move the football in that game, uh, that, that can throw it through the air, they don't win that game because, you know, they're, they're having, of course, it'd be a different type of game then, you know, right. because Tennessee's offense would have a little bit more rhythm and, you know, but it would have been a different type of game. It was a game that Tennessee had in its control, but, Teams like Tennessee that are more finesse than physical, they struggle with closing it out because their way of closing it out is to score another touchdown. Well, when you don't score it and you can't convert a first down, then you put your defense back on the field, and that's the vulnerability. And that's just kind of what it is. And so some of that is a byproduct of how they play, their style. You said about – you had about three things in there that you said that I I, I want to dive deeper into. Um, and I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth. So let me make sure I got this right. So do you, do you, are you saying that Tennessee came out and by design schematically wanted to play soft and keep things in front of them? Or do you think that Tennessee just lacked good coverage skills or both? <laughs> well, when they had the lead late, they were okay. playing a lot of soft and off coverage okay. because they didn't, they felt they had the game and unless we give up a big play, which in fundamental standards is fine, but you got to mix it up a little bit. You got to bring some different pressure looks and, and you, you can't just because you don't want the big play to beat you, you know, unless you're talking about the complete end of the game, you know, there's still enough time there where they can get a rhythm complete 15-yard pass down the field, and now they've, they've got a chance to make a play, and you got a quarterback as talented as Anthony Richardson as he makes one play because you've given him up a, a lot of easy plays to which to have success, and now all it takes is one good play to score, and all of a sudden you're now in a game that it should have been in. Overall, the defensive game plan was to take away Anthony Richardson's run game, and they did that pretty effectively. So that wasn't their game plan the entire game but it was in the latter part of the game when they had the lead. But they didn't play good coverage. You, you can play soft coverage. It, soft coverage doesn't mean you don't cover and, and that you don't, you don't do a better job of staying on your landmarks. I, I thought they did a poor job. I mean, I think playing soft and off in that situation is not inherently a problem, but you have to play it effectively. I mean, you have to be able – to drive on the ball. I mean, you've got to be able, I mean, they just, they were like playing seven on seven where they were just, you know, 
and a lot of it is, I think, how they practice of because they're a finesse type offense. I think that has an effect on how they play defense, and I think we saw that in this game. Uh, they were they were very soft and ineffective with their coverages late with the lead. Yeah, that there used to be a saying in in Knoxville. I'm not sure if you'll get this or not, but instead of third and long, it was third and Chavis. Third and Chavis. They they had, <laughs> they, they had it. It had it in LSU too. And okay, they did. but the difference was. <laughs> What Chavis did, and everybody talks about John, and, and, and I like John. That is it. He hates uh, me. He they, hates they, me, but I like. Well, you know, they talk about how great a coordinator was. He was a, a good coordinator at Tennessee and LSU. All John Chavis did was play man coverage, and he played the run with numbers because he had great corners at Tennessee, if yeah. you remember, and oh, yeah. great corners at LSU. He schematically wasn't very good. He went on over to AM when they weren't very good talent wise and then they had man cover guys who went to Arkansas. He was awful because he's not a scheme guy. He's not a guy. He's he's great when he's got great talent. It's very easy to figure out what John Javis tried to do schematically. Yep. If he had the players to do it, it worked. If he didn't, it doesn't. But it's sometimes you've got to be able to mix and match things a little bit. John was not very good at doing it. And look, I just don't think there's great coverage talent, but I, but I also think to the, I think it's tough coaching defense for this Tennessee program because everything that they do in practice and how they build this team is to favor the offense. And so that's the, if you were looking at a movie, the offense is the star, and, and the defense is the co-star that just is there to make the offense look good, and it's very difficult. They don't have great coverage talent, and they also don't do a lot of things from a practice standpoint. My understanding in, in how they run practice and talking to their assistants is everything is built towards the offense work, and it's, it's what happens with a lot of offensive coaches so it's very difficult when you get challenged. And I think, again, this is a very, very modestly, and I'm being kind, effective Florida offense, passing offense, that didn't have trouble throwing the football against Tennessee. I mean, they threw I'm, – I'm looking at my notes here, and these are just numbers. But think about this. Let this think in. What did Anthony Richardson – he passed for 453 yards. Yes, that's a lot. I mean, that's a season for him. I mean, that's, 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 that's against good. I mean, that is just, well, so the answer question didn't cover very well. And then at certain times they backed off and played soft because why do you do that? Because they're not comfortable with their coverage. They're yeah. not comfortable. And so we're going to allow the underneath stuff. We'll give up the yards. The two touchdowns were the biggest issue out of that stat. He can give up the yards. It's the touchdowns. But quite frankly, you know, that's what made that game a little bit closer is because the defense is very limited. And and, and yet, I, you know, you come up with a few. This Tennessee defense is going to be defined. How good they are is going to be defined by their ability to create turnovers and the ability to get red zone stops and third down stops. I mean, it's not going to shut people out. But if it could come up with situational – success 
to and and allow to get their offense in rhythm to win games. That's how they're built, and that's what you're going to have to understand with Tennessee going forward. Is you know the days of uh, man, well, what used to be great when Coach Nealon was here, and that's 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 not going to be the case here. It's just going to be effective enough, hopefully, but I think you're going to be limited against better people, better offenses. Tim Banks, uh, Tennessee's defensive coordinator, can you really even judge him, per se, because the program is built around an offense, as you alluded to, is is built around that in practice, has limited talent on the defensive side? Are you able to, to really evaluate him as a coach, or are you kind of hamstrung from a scout's perspective? No, I think he's a good coach. Okay. And I think he does a good job. I just, I just hit on it. It's, it's limited. You've got to play a certain way. Um, look, I, I give you an example. Um, a friend of mine, uh, Phil Bennett, coach with him, outstanding defensive coach, been in a lot of different places and at places where his defense played shut down defense, lockdown, great man, great, you know, rose up the ranks. He goes become the defensive coordinator at Baylor for Art Browse. Look, you're getting it done. A good defensive effort is holding the opponent to 40 points when Baylor scores 50. That's what it was. Yeah. Because everything is built towards the offense. And that's, again, kind of the tree in the background that Josh is from. It's the Lincoln-Riley aspect. So, look, I think it's, it's always good. And, you know, everyone's going to want to know when is the defense going to match the offense at Tennessee under Josh Heupel? The answer is never. It'll never be what the offense is because they're not built that way. Yeah. They want to be. Uh, and so good defenses need to be defined differently in today's football in general. But specifically, Tennessee's going to win and win big or have a ceiling based upon how they play. And that is explosive offense and opportunistic defense. They want to get more speed on defense. They want to recruit more speed so they can rush the passer with a lead and have more playmakers in the secondary that can create turnovers. That's what they consider a stop. That is, we're going to come up with a turnover so that we get the ball back for our offense so we can score more points. That's what they are. And they're going to be a fun team to watch. They're going to be dangerous as hell for defensive coordinators at places like Georgia or Alabama because that's something that's a little bit different tempo-wise, wide split-wise. It's going to be a challenge. But for Tennessee, that's the really only way they can win, and and which going to, to me, gives them a ceiling. So as long as people understand and involve nation that this would be a good team, a fun team, it'll be a good program, a fun program under just as long as the expectation is not – well, we want to win the East, you're fine. If you want to be that type of program, I don't think that this is the type of team and a style that's going to get them there. But we're 10, and you've explained this to me because you're very close to the fan base. Folks are tickled pink because, you know, in previous years, going to bowl games and winning games and beating a Florida is not something that happens at Tennessee for a while. So I think folks should be excited, but I'm just trying to put in perspective of the style. So when people say, well, when are they? They got a great offense. Well, when is that defense going to catch up to the offense? They're, they're not. They're not built that way. Heck, 
Alabama's defense by their standards. And they're nothing like Tennessee. They're far more balanced on a championship level. But Alabama, Ohio State has become, under Ryan Day, has become a little bit more finesse. Yeah. Because of their offense. That's, but, you know, so that's, that's what needs to be understood. So Tennessee's nowhere near the level of Ohio State or Alabama, but and their style is not. Look, Ohio State's got better defensive personnel. Alabama's got better defensive personnel, and they pay more attention to playing complimentary ball with their offense to their defense. Tennessee doesn't. As I've said before, if you want to look at the ceiling for Tennessee, you look at what Oklahoma was under Lincoln Riley. That's what it is. The defense is never going to be that good. The offenses are going to be great. That's what it's going to be, and it's going to get you to a certain level. For Oklahoma is win the Big 12. Tennessee, as I checked, not in the Big 12. They're in the SEC, so there's going to be a ceiling. Getting out of the, the SEC that way, you might be able to win games, but I don't know about championships. But right now, we're not talking about championships. We're talking about program that's exciting, it's fun, it's winning, and I just, as we went down this rabbit hole of the defense, and Tim, I, you know, it's very difficult. And and you're ne- he's never going to get credit. In fact, eventually they're going to replace him because, quote, unquote, it's not good enough and there's going to have to be a scapegoat. But the reality is the head coach defines what style of defense they're going to have, even though he's not calling plays. He's letting somebody else do it. You, know, you, you as a head coach, if you're an offensive coach, You've got to have, you've got to step out of the offensive coordinator role and say, I'm the head coach. What can I do to help the defense? And in Josh's mind, his answer is score 50 points a game and not play complimentary ball. I, I think that ultimately has to change if Tennessee's going to be a SEC champion, national 14 playoff type team. But I think right now they're they're doing exactly what they need to do and have to do until they recruit better plays on defense. And they change their style if indeed they want to do that, which I don't, not sure that Josh does. We'll talk about that um, uh, in another episode of Chalk Talk. And uh, we'll uh, have recruiting nuggets uh, all the time on our YouTube channel. So we want you to like and subscribe. But this edition of Chalk Talk is brought to you by Al's Nest Barbecue. Al's Nest Barbecue has all the sauces and the rubs you could possibly imagine. And they got the best ones too, the Green Mountain Grill as well. And Al's Nest Barbecue right next to Steve Ray's Midnight Oil, a proud Michelin distributor. They will take care of your vehicle. He's Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. I'm Dave Hooker, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports.